Kia ora whanau. Welcome to the Pocket Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Headley. Today's focus is going to be attachment, again, <laughs> more so around the letting go of attachment. If you haven't already listened to the episode around understanding attachment, I'd suggest going over there. I don't know what I've called it yet because it'll be some clickbait title, <laughs> but it'll be the episode before this one. If you're doing the, listening to the long form content of the podcast or the short form content pieces, I'd suggest going back you know, to the last one and the one before that and the one before that probably <laughs> for the videos so that you can really get a deeper understanding of attachment before being able to let go of attachment. It's like, you know, if you just simply have a certain recipe and you just follow the recipe, you know, you can cook the thing. But if you say didn't have one or two of the ingredients and you didn't actually understand why each ingredient was necessary, like understanding how to substitute or how to actually, whether something is actually necessary or not necessary based on what you're making will come from the deeper understanding of the mechanism of each ingredient in that recipe, right? So the same thing goes with letting go of attachment. There's a deeper understanding of attachment. I personally have found I have a greater ability to navigate through attachments that come up in my life and the triggers that come as a result of those attachments. So for those that do not know, this podcast is just simply me sharing my experience of working through anxiety, panic attacks, depression, and various other um, challenges in my own life. And I share just very openly about my own experiences. And then I also go and share the steps that I've taken in order to become very free of those things. Now, it doesn't mean I don't experience them, but I'm very much more in control of my life than I ever have been, much happier and more peaceful than I ever have been. And that's been through, you know, understanding of scientific knowledge and also the exploration of other aspects of life such as buddhism and mindfulness and things like that that have really served me so attachment what we have covered of course is just in a very brief summary is how attachment is really correlated with our pain and pleasure system it's a very dopaminergic thing so it's correlated around dopamine what we haven't touched on in the previous episode and i think it'll be valid to touch on this episode is why do attachments form in the first place and that will help us lead into the steps that I started to take and also the ending to the story I was sharing with you where during the time period that I was experiencing the highest level of anxiety in my life. And why attachments form, quite honestly, I can just share from the best of my knowledge. I know that there is more information out there on attachment that can be learned in terms of the why. But two main understandings that I've come to, I've really boiled it down to, is a, a lack of internal stability, so the needing of something outside of me to give me the stability that I don't have, and B, a needing to fulfill something that I don't feel like I have based on my conditioning, right? And that, of course, conditioning, well, comes from, you know, what we can call it childhood trauma or just tra trauma in general, or just self-perception in general, whatever I've been conditioned to believe that I am. And if I don't believe that I am enough, naturally there'd be a clinging and a longing for something else outside of me to give me that validation that I'm not currently capable to give myself. And that doesn't mean that I won't be capable. I'm a perfect example. <laughs> I wasn't very capable at all growing up, at all. Not just growing up, but also going into my early 20s. And now I'm very capable. In fact, I spend a lot of time alone very happily. And I'm abundantly happy. And I can still very happily go and socialize and get a lot from that too. So I think we'll talk about extroverted, introverted at some other time. But I think that's just a silly little box that you can get stuck in because I'm definitely both. <laughs> you know, I get I can get energy anywhere I want, which is amazing. I, but once upon a time, I was the opposite. I could get energy from nowhere. <laughs> I was neither introverted or extroverted. I'd suffer the loneliness of introversion. And then I'd suffer the fear of being judged in an extroverted way. So... <laughs> 
frick. Anyway, that's another story. So, and then this understanding of this sort of internal lack of internal stability, there's an internal chaos, right? We can call it like anxiousness, anxiety, stress, overwhelm, whatever you want to call it. So therefore, when something outside of me gives me a sense of stability, like someone praises me or I get a promotion or someone respects me, shows me respect or someone gives me a lot of love or whatever that is, right? You know, my day goes a certain way and I get a sense of stability from that. And the moment that gets taken away from me, I suffer the lack of that because I am attached to that. And when that is swinging the other way, as we've talked about in the previous episode, right? So when I'm clinging to something, clinging, 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 and I don't get it, the more further away it swings, the more I suffer, right? When it goes away and when I don't get it in my life. So there's the fulfillment part, right? Which I just touched on, which is basically there's a part of me where I'm getting a sense of fulfillment. Like I'm finding a sense of joy and happiness. In other words, a rich state of dopamine, endorphins, serotonin, oxytocin, right? All those feel goodies, right? That we have within ourselves. And I'm getting that from outside of me, but when I'm alone, I have a lack of that. Or when I don't have enough of that thing that I'm attached to, I experience a lack of that. I talk to a lot of people in my client base that experience high levels of dopamine and in other words, high levels of pleasure in one aspect of their life. And that might be their partner or that might be their work or that might be praise from certain people, right? But there's one aspect that gives them a lot of pleasure and nothing else really gives them that pleasure. So it's almost like there's like this emptiness there. I too have experienced that. Mine was love, right? Mine was getting affirmation from woman, a woman that I would be very interested in or I would be in love with, depending on you know whether I was in a relationship or not. And if I didn't get that back, then I would suffer immensely and there was no more, like I wouldn't suffer anything else as much because nothing would give me more pleasure than getting the affirmation from a woman that I was attracted to and invested in emotionally. So there was an external fulfillment as process that was going on and there was a lack of self-fulfillment. So this leads me into back into the story that I was sharing in the last episode. And I was in this place where, of course, I was suffering the need of my girlfriend's attention. And every time she'd pour any attention into other guys I would deem attractive and I don't feel like I trusted (laughs) I only didn't trust them because I didn't trust myself and I didn't trust in my ability to be able to be okay if anything was to go wrong you know go south or a different way then I naturally suffered when that attention would go elsewhere so one moment that I remember so clearly I remember it so clearly because it changed my life and I was we're at rock climbing gym and I saw my girlfriend at the time go over to a guy that I could tell that she knew and she was talking to him in French and I'm like oh no like I don't understand what they're saying this is happening all over again you know she's smiling and laughing and I remember in that moment I'd spent so much time journaling on this practicing this almost like visualizing this in my mind of how I wanted to learn how to respond to this moment because this moment had basically like taken me by the balls (laughs) so many times and caused me so much anxiety and pain to the point where I was so sick of this type of situation getting to me that I finally just got to a point where I was able to practice within myself many times over to the point where I actually got the trigger to confront me where eventually I just took a deep breath and I turned away from the situation. I no longer felt the need, oh, I did feel the need, but I didn't lock eyes with the situation just in case something happened, which is what my mind would always want me to do. And I went over to my friend and I went and climbed another wall. (laughs) And even though I felt this inkling feeling, like a tight, anxious, disgusting feeling within myself, right? Almost to the form of panic. I still 
pushed through and decided this is what I was going to do. And what was interesting is after that, I came back to her and, you know, things were just normal. When in the past, you know, I'd felt like the sickly, more sickly feeling because I've been so fixated on it. Right. And I came back and even though I still felt like inkling feeling and it was still there, there was like a sense of relief. The relief was there because I had won over myself. I had shown myself that it was possible to not be imprisoned by the conditioned patterns of my mind like I had previously. And I was starting to take control of my life at that moment. This was at, in the very start of 2018. I remember it so clearly. And this moment changed my life forever because after that, that relationship didn't actually end up working out. And like, I mean, you know, go figure. <laughs> it wasn't because of her. She's amazing, amazing human. Again, like I said, one of the most amazing humans I actually even know today and you know good friends just you know it wasn't a fit and i ended up dating someone else uh, let's just say a few months later i think it was and when i eventually ended up dating this person a very similar thing happened where you know naturally she has guy friends like i mean it's very natural for someone to have friends of the opposite sex <laughs> i had to very much learn and i would see her as well go and talk to other guys and smile and you know enjoy herself speaking to her guy friends and the amount of suffering i experienced was much less go figure i realized because again that was a moment that i remember very clearly because i realized in that moment i'm like oh i know why i feel it less now because of that one moment that i made a decision in that moment to trust myself and to trust this moment that i will figure it out no matter what happens i will be okay and i trust myself in that moment i proved myself right and that quite literally decreased the level of threat the amygdala aspect of my limbic system of my brain which is the threat detection center and you know the conditioned mechanistic nature of myself was less reactive to that because I'd proven myself that it was okay for this to happen. And because I'd solidified that through a few repetitions, I eventually got to the point where I felt less triggered by that. So as a consequence, I was then therefore less attached to my girlfriend, who, like if I had a girlfriend at the time, to her not needing to just give me attention and to not give other guys attention. I was less attached to that. So that was where I developed more internal stability was by facing the thing head on. And there's many ways that I've learned to face this kind of thing head on in various other aspects of my life. One is by quite literally preparing myself like through what's called future journaling it's a practice i'll take you through some other time and it's a practice that was taught to me by dr nicole lupera i was lucky enough to work with her and there's other practices such as visualization if you want to go back you'll find science behind visualization that's a great episode to listen to a couple of episodes to listen to to get more information around how to visualize most effectively and applying that to myself going into a challenging experience or an attachment that I'm holding on to. And I was actually really honored to be messaged by an individual who was also experiencing a lot of attachment. And she actually asked me to unpack a little bit around attachment and share some steps that I would take in my life that have helped me with attachment. So I'm going to share them with you. So the steps that I suggested based on my own experience that have really served me were these three main steps. The first step was Picking some mornings each week or even in like an allocated morning each week where I'd spend time imagining life without the attachment, okay? So in other words, imagining life without the person I'm attached to, sounds scary, I know, or without the 
affirmation of other people or without the love of a certain family member or without the promotion or without a certain amount of money, right? This is another thing I had to work through because I was, you know, I run my own business and went through the first two or three years, you know, fearing I wasn't going to be able to pay rent for literally two or three years of my life. Pretty scary. I'm not even like fearing not even being able to go to the supermarket and buy food, another scary thing, right? (laughs) This is a reality for my life. So of course, uh, you know, I'd experienced a lot around that. So anyway, that's for another time, but you'd spend time in your mind visualizing like a perceived reality or a simulation where this wasn't the case, where you didn't have this thing that you're attached to. And spending time reminding yourself that even without X, in other words, even without this amount of money, even without this promotion, even without this person, reminding that myself that I am safe, I am okay. So even without her or him, even without this money, I am safe. I am okay. Practice remaining relaxed and open because by remaining physically relaxed, I'm decreasing the amount that my brain will be in a state of fight or flight, right? And my nervous system as well. They're the same. They're really connected. Now, I know it sounds scary, but the idea is to teach the brain that there's life without the attachment to downregulate this fight or flight system. And I personally like to practice gratitude after this just because um, otherwise it's quite downing if I'm just practicing that then going straight into my day. But it's a very fantastic practice to spend some time doing because I'm teaching my brain how to be less reactive to the triggers that are symptomatic of that attachment. The second thing that I love doing is I love spending time, again, journaling or visualizing myself successfully responding to the triggered moment. So the example was when I would process myself like successfully responding to when my girlfriend at the time would speak to another guy and I'd visualize myself taking a deep breath and choosing a different path and not feeling like I needed to gaze and watch and lock eyes on the situation to make sure nothing happened, right? So I'd visualize myself navigating it successfully and I'll do this often, so much more often because I'd really want to affirm that success. And uh, you know, this has been shown to help in many ways. I will go through a really brief future journaling practice and I'll go through more in the future. Um, in a more deeper way, but I'd repeatedly write something like when I would normally feel triggered by the situation and when I would normally react this way to that situation, I am learning to feel more peaceful and to take a deep breath and choose a different path. So the template is when I would normally feel triggered by X and do Y, I am learning to feel A and do B. And you just repeat that. And the idea is inserting thoughts or thought patterns into the moment when I'd normally be triggered so that I'm more likely to do the successful new route. And then the third step that's been very beneficial for me is every time the attachment triggers in real life, take that deep breath, remind myself of the message I was instilling into my mind in step one, which is I am safe, I am okay, even when I experience this. And then remind myself of the step two, which was the intention that I'd set for myself to successfully navigate this new trigger. And this is how I practice facing and really moving through the deep attachments that are rooted within myself. Now, when it comes to the fulfillment aspect that I mentioned, when I am experiencing the need of this thing that I'm attached to, to give me the fulfillment that I don't feel like I can get on my own, I need to ask myself, what is it that I feel I need that I am getting through this? Like what is the deeper essence of this? Like is it that I need companionship? I need a feeling of connection. I need a feeling of 
being supported. I need a feeling of being heard or being seen or being worthy. What is that? Okay, cool. Why do I need that? Go even deeper. Why do I need that? This is a sequence that I do with myself. Why? 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 And I would ask why so many times to the point where eventually I boiled it down to, you know, something that was more root based. And then I'd ask myself the question, okay, well, how can I give myself that? That's it. How can I give myself that? without the need of anything that is not in my control. Because if I'm relying on something that is not in my control in order to give me an experience of fulfillment, I will remain anxious for the rest of my life. And the clearest reason why is because I'm not in control of anything outside of myself. And in fact, a lot of myself I'm not even in control of. (laughs) But I can learn to be. I can learn to be in control of myself. That's the difference. I can't teach others to be under my control or teach the world to be under my control. I can't do that. I can influence, but that's manipulative. I'm not, I don't want to operate that way. I want to be in a place where I'm just simply self-fulfilling. And so it was going to that depths, asking that why, and asking that, then asking that how. And a lot of that was actually by spending time on my own so I could actually find a way to uncover how I could do that within myself. Because at the end of the day, I'm an individual person. I needed to go and find those answers within myself. Right? No one can look inside of my emotions, inside of my mind and tell me I had to do that. So that's why I would go and meditate so much, you know, as I was going through this healing process. Now, that's really it. That's um, like, I think that covers everything around attachment that I wanted to cover for this episode. One big thing has been actually learning how to find pleasure in more things. So in other words, finding a dopaminergic experience and more things outside of just the one thing that I'd be so attached to. And that gives me a feeling of more fulfillment and supported happiness in my life outside of those things, which means that inherently I'll naturally become less attached to that thing, right? When all of a sudden I'm giving myself the thing that I was getting from the thing I was attached to, I no longer need the thing I was attached to. And that's a shift that uh, really played out in my life and has served me and changed my entire life. And it's my wish, it's my absolute wish that same thing happens for you if that is a challenge in your life. So with that being said, if you've got any insights and this served you in any way, remember I do this for free. The only thing I ask is that if you've got anything from this that you just simply share with a friend or on social media or wherever you feel would reach people that would this would serve. So with that being said, love you guys and I'll see you next time.